This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here, talking DC United, U.S. Men's National Team, Washington Spirit, all things, all things related to DC soccer. We've got... Uh, we actually, I, I feel like there was enough. This will, this will be a, probably a short show. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say this is gonna be chock full of 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 of. Uh, it'll be interesting. I just don't think it's going to be chock full of as it was last show, where like we hadn't done one in like several weeks. So, uh, but we're back and we're uh, we got some news. We got some DC related news. Uh, before we get into that, John, how was you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? It was good. It was uh, it was relaxing. Uh, there was not a lot of soccer going on. I watched a little bit EPL. I really I watched Liga MX at the, at the I tried to watch Liga MX at the Mexican <laughs> restaurant and then they had the football game on all night and I was like what is what world is this what bizarre universe am I in that I can't uh, watch the uh, watch the soccer game I want to watch but I, I figured out that I have access to to UDN at home so I, when I came home I watched the watched the end of it there you go you got you got you got to UDN you got your uh, you got to watch our 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 formerly departed. Or our departed player, uh, Luciano Acosta. Uh, how do you look? How do, you? I, I was kind of I was with family, so I really didn't get a chance to watch it. I kind of like pulled it up just so I could see him in the jersey and be like, "Wow, that looks really there weird." He is. Right? <laughs> but yeah. uh, how do how did he look? How, curious. He looks okay. I think the the uh, DC United fans will will enjoy the fact that he stopped running at times there too as well and <laughs> threw his hands up when bad passes were made. Um, he was very involved in the attack, uh, but. Nothing, nothing came, nothing came through him directly. And as soon as off the, the Atlas scored uh, to, to take the lead in like the 88th minute. The thing I'm still getting used to at Liga MX is players with three digit numbers, which I think I love. I thought I didn't like it, but then I see a guy come on what number 184. I'm like, no, this is cool. They should do this. All leagues should have this like three digit numbers. I think that's great. Okay. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm, I'm, uh, I would not be. I'm not a big fan of it. I like the classic numbers. I don't know. I don't like the. I guess I. I, I like. I like two digits. Two digits. I don't mind like the 99 Impressive. that Moreno Impressive, wore. Ted, I, I'm. I'm thinking outside the conventions of. Uh, of you know, the new. The new. The new. I was trying to say numerical patriarchy. And I was trying to combine those two words. Do <laughs> numericry, but uh, overall, man, I love. I love the. I love the pace of play in Liga MX. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's. It's. It, it is very much. I've I have compared it to sort of a higher quality like major league soccer, almost in a sense. Like it's just the 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 speed is there because major league soccer. If you watch the games, they're very very quick, very very fast in a lot of in a lot of places. Um, some teams do bunker, but um, but I've not always s- technical, right? What's that? Fast, <laughs> but not always technical. Not, yeah, not not always technical. It's a lot of uh, the the attacking play is getting better, but it's like no one wants to defend in major league soccer. Like if you look at the goals that are being scored in games now, it's because all the money's going to like the front attacking. Uh, the front attacking path. Thank um, God. Yes. Uh, speaking of uh, attacking, uh, update: Edison Flores uh, spotted at a DC Peruvian restaurant in the DC area. But wearing, not the good one, according to Bill Hamid. Not not the good one, according to Bill. He did, he deleted the tweet. I never actually got to he see did. the tweet. He cowered. <laughs> Originally, he was like, "No, nah, that one sucks." Basically, and then he say, said some good ones. He's like, "You know what? I'm going to delete that first tweet <laughs> after it was already retweeted by us and other people." It seems like maybe Bill Hamid has gotten full access to his Twitter. Account. I'm glad. Let it happen. <laughs> Let's get messy. Do it, Bill. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, the point of the story is he spotted in 
the Peruvian restaurant wearing a DC United away kit. So I think we can go ahead and call it. It seems like a hundred. That's about as close to a uh, a confirmed report. Um, I know, like, was it uh, a lot of people say until he's actually holding up the jersey and there's the official press conference? Don't believe it. I think we can go ahead and call this though. He is. This he would is, be weird if he didn't happen. Yeah, now. this would be like. <laughs> This would be really historic if somehow this happened. This would be this would be like uh, Juan Sebastian Verone, except like to like worse. another level. Like he's Way actually worse. he's actually he was in, just he was just like ghosted around the Northern Virginia area in a car and looking for housing. That yeah. was different. <laughs> All right, uh, update also on uh, less optimistic is uh, Brian Lozano. I actually I, I did go out uh, speaking of Lego Max. I watched a little bit of the Santos game. Um, it was it was a little bit hard to pick him out because all the players decided to bleach their hair blonde. Cool. So I would like follow a guy and think I think that's I think that's Brian. And then I'm like, no wait, no no no, that's not him. And then actually, all Brian. What's that? They're all Brian. <laughs> yes. everyone's Brian. It's a team of Brian's. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, um, uh, the the one moment I guess I did saw was he got a yellow card because. I think he got fouled, and then he started counting off to the referee, one, two, three, like saying, like, I've been fouled, you know, so many times. And I was like, no one tell him what MLS referees are like. Like, just just don't, yeah. no, no, no one bring that up. No one bring that up. We don't need that. And then that. he got a second yellow for pulling a sign out of his shorts that says, DC United, come and get me. <laughs> that was worth it, though, I think. Yeah, I think so. Games, it's game suspension, but it's worth it. I think so. Uh, but basically, according to um, reports, it's kind of one of those things, like, it's just like as the time goes on, it's getting less and less optimistic. Um, they've agreed to terms, basically, and this, we, we we talked about this before. They've agreed to terms, but uh, Santos wants a lot of money for Brian Lozano, probably because they don't have a, an idea idea of a replacement. Um, and he's also like he, he's featured. Like I actually, I've been very surprised. Like I've watched um, like the the two the Univision Deportes like or now was it two DN broadcast, and he's very heavily featured on that team. So this is definitely a major, major, major uh, player. Um, so I can see why. Santos is um, is very much uh, very much uh, wants to keep him, and they're they're going to want a pretty penny to to get him to uh, to come away or to go away. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, never say never. They're still trying. Apparently, I think they've uh, golf both golf and and Pablo. Either one of them, I can't remember if it was both of them or or one of them has said they've got the Flores deal done. Now they can kind of focus in on that. Um, but it may be a case of you know they keep throwing like. Give you six million. Nope, we'll give nope ten million. Nope, we'll give you seven million. And then it's just like, all right, you know what? We're too far apart. Sorry. <laughs> would they take a Russell Canals? Would they take a Would they take a player who's uh, looking to leave potentially? I don't think I don't think you can do trades. I think trades are very very rare. Outside not tra- of, well, I mean, like a player plus cash is a, is a thing you can do. True. True. I I, I don't wait. I mean, he's worth like nine hundred thousand dollars according to reports. So maybe not so much of a make weight. Yeah, I don't maybe think- nine. Nine of him, we could make it happen. <laughs> clone him and sell him. Yeah, possibly. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that'll that would be a good idea. Yeah, he's I, not coming. Lozano's probably not coming here. Yeah, let's let's just go ahead and we get, let's get, put a pin in that one. You, you gotta, I mean, if they're still making offer, if they're still if not, if they say they're still in, they're making offers north of six, which again would break records again. And so, if they took it, if they accepted it, it's too much. It's not enough money, clearly. But if they accepted it, they would have broken their record again twice this this off season. And, you know, it, it could be a case, too. I mean, what could be playing into this, and this kind of leads into it, is a um, a report from um, Sam Shaitskull uh, at The Athletic um, is reporting that uh, MLS is possibly looking at a new designated player rule. Um, it's a good rule. It's a bad, it's a bad it, rule. It, it, is, it is. Okay, so here's the thing. 
if this was an extra designated player spot for a player under the age of 23, I would be 100% all for it. You mean young DP like they've already tried to do except for... Well, yeah, so so, so they have a young designated player rule, and it, but it still counts towards your three designated players, right. and it counts less, less against the cap. Um, I think I think that was a that was a really good rule to implement, and I would I'd be all for expanding it to a fourth deep designated player, and saying, well, but it can only be you know a player under the age of twenty three. I'd be perfectly fine with that. I would have no qualms with that. What's happening though is not that's not what they're talking about. A lot of the the lower lower respect lower end of the spending clubs, probably your FC Dallas's, your Colorado's, uh, your Vancouver's, maybe. Uh, are basically saying like, well, no, here's, we want to make this, you know, you have to have one of your three designated players. If you're going to carry three designated players, one of them has to be under the age of 23. And it's a way to kind of curb the spending, I guess, of a lot of these bigger clubs, uh, which is just unbelievably stupid. And I, I'm upset about it. It's time It's time for some of these owners to put on their big boy pants and, and start to actually compete and uh, start to actually compete. Uh, there's just there's uh, you can't keep just saying, well, they, you know, been there since the beginning and they've lost a lot of money at this point. It's like, you know, you either you know, you either are in this to grow the league and spend money and, and bring some attractive players or you're not. And you can, you know, build an academy and you can certainly go do that and try to build younger players. But, you know, don't handicap other clubs that want to do big things. Yeah, this is the only where only place the R word really comes into mind for me. I'm like, what what could we do? <laughs> to incentivize this in the current structure nothing really i mean there's enough of them there's too many there's too many owners that belong to this group of guys who are like we're still recouping our losses from 96 to 2004 so we're just gonna just do the bare minimum and we'll still make money we'll still come out ahead now now we'll, here we'll not, do about it now here's the question here's the thing though i'm not sure i'm not sure there are a lot of them that are still around i mean Five, would you right? Would you would you classify DC United in that category right now? I think if it was a year and a half ago, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, right now they're starting to open up the purse strings. Kansas City's opening up their purse strings. If Flores, if they, if, if Flores is the only player they sign for more than a million dollars, then I would still put them down here in the bottom third. Possibly, possibly. But I, I I have questions as to whether, you know, it's not. It's more of a nature of they're willing. They want to spend the money, and you know, they couldn't sign Lozano if this new structure was put into place. So he would not be able to do it because uh, Flores is 23. I'm pretty sure that Acosta is above 23. I'll have to go back and check. I think he's 20. Lucho? What's that? No, I mean, um, I meant Ariola. Sorry, not Acosta. Ariola. Yeah, I, think, I think he's 24. Yeah, Ariola is 24. So, and, and certainly Brian Lozano was above above 23 as well. So they could not make that signing. Um, so I don't know if I want to I classify them in that rep, but I, I'm saying there are a lot of other owners out there that I think are – more inclined to sort of go this route of, you know, we need to start spending some money, bringing in some big, you know, some big time talent in order to help grow this league. It's time to, you know, it's time to loosen the purse strings a little bit. We're not, we're not a poor league anymore. Um, So I think, I think this, this rule was kind of maybe sort of those owners trying to put a last gasp to try to, um, to try to clamp down uh, before they start to be outnumbered because the owners coming in, there are a lot of owners coming in that are not, uh, willing to that aren't going to be willing to to sort of spend it lightly. Uh, it looks like Charlotte's going to be another um, another Atlanta with the amount of season tickets they have and the game they're talking. So I, that is not what I how I read that. That's not how I read the number on Charlotte's uh, season tickets. That it was that the equivalence was like sixteen or uh, was like twelve or sixteen for a new for a new expansion team 
and they, that the comparison was actually that they're not they're actually behind. Maybe I maybe I misread the tweet. Okay, but, I, I heard I heard twenty thousand season ticket holder deposits, and which, there's like know, a conversion rate of like sixty five to seventy percent okay. of deposits to. Um, that's fair, I guess. I, I mean, like, is Nashville going to spend? Nashville's coming in with the FC Cincinnati mode, from what I understand, from what people are saying, sort of as like the Miami's going to spend, but we always knew that that would be the case. Like they're 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 in an area the the owner the owner who they, that they have, and uh, sort of like they're the it's all about glitz down there. I would imagine that's sort of what they're going for to capture the market share and the attention. But I think I think a lot I think some of these new franchises are coming in. I'm not confident about Charlotte. The owner has lots of money, but. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other teams with owners that have lots of money that don't do anything. New England, the, the, um, the big difference. The big difference is is always the fact that I think Charlotte has to fill, you know, thirty to forty thousand seats in that stadium. Otherwise, the, the atmosphere is going to be terrible. I, I'm I'm convinced Charlotte is here, and 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 they're certainly ready to spend. Um, I, I based on conversations, based on the what the owner is talking about. I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong, but it definitely feels more like an Arthur Blank situation um, than a, uh, you know, Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft situation. Even though Robert Kraft is starting to spend money, he's starting to invest. They've invested, you know, $30 million in a training facility. When you wait for 15 years, you can save a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, and (laughs) if you put it in a high yield savings account, you can really start to sign some players. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, if we did a RFK refugees bet book, my bet would be Charlotte is not going to, I also think I'm not certain about the market for, for fan interest. Like I think there's a, there's an idea that, that they can draw across the state. There's an idea that the popularity in the triangle is the same as the popularity in Charlotte is the same as the popularity in the rest of the state. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish <laughs> or uh, yeah, I, I'm not really confident there. I'm not confident in, in you're Nashville. bearish. You're not, you're I'm bullish. I'm you're not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a bear. I'm not a bull. I'm a bear. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I think I think that there's I think there's these, some of these some of these franchises that there's squeaking in here. I'm not super confident about. Um, Sacramento is going to be. Uh, the, I think their aspirations are low. Like they they see 20, they'll get 16, 18, 20 every game. Um, there's nothing else going on sports wise there except for the Kings, and the Kings are so bad. Yeah. So that they'll they'll do fine, but they're not gonna they're not gonna blow the roof off. Uh, either they're just I don't I don't I don't think that's the way it's going to be. So we'll see. Um, you you and I had different sort of as we I, talked about on many episodes. We you and I have different outlooks about the the the, the health, the financial health, and sort of like the the speed of of uh, expansion and what that says about the organization. So we'll I, I think we won't be able to settle the argument until years from now when we can look back and see see, say, see here's where we are now. See who was right exactly. Um, Bong. Sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Um, you know, I, I just think I don't think it's as it's as one sided as it was, um, you know, several years ago, several years ago, five, five, ten years ago. Absolutely. I would classify it as as this would not surprise me at all. But I don't think it's as I think it's closer to 50 50 than it than it has ever been. And I think it's only I think it's only going to grow as a lot of these other teams kind of say, you know, you know, we're not going to win any trophies if we if we do the things we've been doing because Atlanta and LAFC are coming in and changing the game, and the Galaxy are always going to be the Galaxy. So I mean, it's it's harder it's harder to to compete. Speaking of what's that? So you got to talk about you got to talk about what the Galaxy are rumored oh. to be doing. Oh yeah, going out and getting a Chicharito. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's what year is it? Hey, <laughs> like I mean, 
very cool. I'm glad for it to happen eventually. But the rumor is $10 million uh, for, for Chicharito. Which, yeah, I mean, I mean, if this was five years ago, ESPN would be breaking in to their, their college football coverage. Talk about it, maybe. Depending on maybe the fourth days they would. Oh yeah, oh. maybe maybe not maybe not the big the mothership, but if you're around, I mean, I mean, uh, Chicharito carries an incredible amount of star power, probably probably more than Carlos Vela. Uh, I would yeah. go ahead, I would go ahead and classify that. Um, it's still a big signing, I think, and it seems like now he's like it's like all right, you know, I'm not getting much playing time in Sevilla. I'm entering kind of this, you know, the point of my contract where this is probably my last big contract. So he wants to do it. I think it's a matter of whether the Galaxy can get Sevilla to agree. Um, to a fee, I think is kind of the big question. It's similar to Brian Lozano, but I think the Galaxy, the the marketability of Chicharito with Galaxy jerseys that say Chicharito, the amount of fans you could get out to a stadium all over MLS, Chicago, you know, DC to see Chicharito, far outweighs, and that ten million is like going to look like nothing compared to what they're what they could get. And um, with Laton gone, yeah. LA has had to do something like this. So really, Sevilla has them over a barrel, but like. How about 15? How about 18? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You got to do it. There's no way you can't do it yeah. now because everyone thinks you're going to do it. So pay up. Yeah, exactly. So be fun. I'm excited, I, though. Yeah. I think I think it's great for the league. Absolutely. I, mean, I think we need some more stars. I mean, with Wayne but. Rooney and Zlatan going away, like the biggest star so far to sign has been Terry Henry is Montreal's head coach, which is still <laughs> right, going to so. be incredible. Yikes. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, God, just watching Terry Henry in the draft, which we'll talk about the Super Draft in a minute. Um, I do want to say – uh, for some reason. <laughs> yes, for some reason. We're going to talk about it. Um, Eric Sorga uh, signed for signed for Loudoun United. Um, if he suits up at all for Loudoun United, I will be shocked as anybody. Um, Estonian, uh, 20-year-old uh, from the Estonian League. For what? For what's that worth? He's lit up the league, apparently, at 20 years old. So, sounds like he's a good talent. Um, he will definitely be, if he plays for DC, which probably will happen, he'll probably be a backup for Ola Kamara. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't watch the Estonian league. I don't think there's any broadcasting for the Estonian league. John, do you know of, of any? <laughs> oh yeah. I've definitely got that on my package <laughs> of, uh, of channels. I mean, they paid a half a million dollars for him yeah. for, for a transfer fee. So it's not nothing. He's on about 150 to 200,000, which is about a double of a, of a Quincy Ameriqua, um, and, from a salary perspective, you know, again, that is still, you know, it, paying a transfer fee is something this club has never, ever done. Now they could be using Tam. I would say probably this is a TAM. They're using TAM to pay that transfer probably. fee. So, but I mean, hey, you know, they're going out and they're not. They're not saying, "Oh, we'll take this guy on a loan. We'll use the TAM to pay the loan fee, and right. we'll maybe if he turns out good." No, it seems like they're actually they think this guy is a good player, and they're going to make an investment in him. And they and need scouting the Estonian league. Yeah, and they like, and, and then you ask if you ask our listeners to pick out Estonia on a map that doesn't have the <laughs> doesn't have the names filled in. I'm gonna say zero percent can do it. I know that I can't, so maybe I'm projecting. But I, either I, way, I, I know I think it's that I know it's Nordic, right on like the coast of like it's like right next to Russia and it's kind of like on the coast. I, I, well, I mean, there's a lot of things on the coast of Russia. So if you can if you can nail it, <laughs> we can we'll we'll record it on video. I think there are like three countries in there, so I think I could like thirty percent chance. Yeah, I get like a thirty three percent chance. I could guess there's like little tiny countries that are kind of like on that on the like Baltic. I forget which sea it is, but I could probably pick is it, it out. Sea? But but I think it might be the Baltic Sea. Um, but anyway, uh, this is a national Estonian national team, national teamer. Uh, follow his Instagram. He is sort of like a Julian Boucher on Instagram. Like he's very, he's very into himself, which, you know, good for him. <laughs> uh, 
I think he's already got like 50 or 60 like weird uh, endorsement deals of like vitamins or like water bottles. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see a guy who is a very big fish in an extremely small pond come into a different soccer environment. Yeah. Um, no Wayne Rooney here now, which would have been really funny if that were like sort of he was trying to get into that rotation. But he'll I, he's interesting. Follow him. <laughs> it's definitely worth a follow. I will definitely have to. I'll definitely check it out. I, I haven't. I haven't been up on like following a lot of players on Instagram. I do Twitter sometimes, but they're much more interesting on Instagram. Okay, because Fair. I don't. We really don't care what they have to say a lot of times. Fair. But they're doing cool stuff. Uh, other signings. Uh, Loudon, after I made fun of them last week for not signing any players, have signed now a, a lot of players. I think they've got a roster of twelve now. None of whom have come through the uh, open tryouts. So that's good news. I'm very <laughs> glad that that's the case. Ted Pietro, a guy that I talked about, a kid, well, he's 17, I'm going to call him a kid, that I talked about last year, the Dallas Cup, who I was really excited. He played a couple games uh, and got an assist for Loud, and now he signed an official contract. Two more ki- two more players, I don't have the names in front of me, it doesn't really matter at the moment. Two young, other young players who were uh, DCU Academy players have uh, signed their first pro contract. Kevin Paredes is the other is is one of them. I have him up because I got... He's, uh, he's a homegrown, so he's, yeah. he signed to the, to the mothership, potentially. Kevin Paredes, who, if you watched again the Dallas Cup or any of the youth setup, he's he's highly regarded. Uh, I I like this. I think we I saw someone talking about it on Twitter. These deals seem sort of, and I say sort of, I mean in a big way, weighted towards the team's benefit. Like these are se- semi long term contracts for players who are very young and extremely far from being able to contribute at the big club level, and they're not being paid a whole bunch. They've got some certainty now. Uh, but they've also, I think they are, they're going to lose their U.S. their uh, their their college eligibility oh, yeah. in case yeah, they yeah, want yeah. to do that. But, but you know, it, here so here's the thing, and and there have been all these signings are happening. I think in a large part because of the fact that Loud United exists, so DC can now go to go to Kevin or go to or go to Ted and say, look, you know, we're we have a place for you. You will be able to play on our, you know, championship. You'll be able to get professional minutes. You'll be able to be in a professional environment. We think you're good enough where you can play for DC United eventually. And they don't have to say like, well, you know, we think you're good enough and you'll train with them and, you know, we'll loan you to Richmond. So you have to make a trip up and down 95 for the next three years or something like that. Um, You know, you get to be in the training facility. You get to train with the, you know, the team. I mean, this is, this is what the, Already, this was this was a huge issue, I think, for DC. Because unless you're Andy Nahar or Bill Hamid, you know DC was been struggling, struggling with their um, with a lot of their signings. Uh, har- hardly any of them have really panned out. I guess the closest one would be Ethan White, the last one to kind of pan out. And even he didn't really pan out for DC. He more panned out for for NYC um, NYCFC. Uh, but a lot of guys, Colin Martin. Uh, Michael Seaton have all kind of fallen by the wayside um, and haven't really. And I think a large part of that is because, you know, in a crucial point in their development, they weren't able to get, you know, professional style minutes. So this this is what the this is what the uh, USL team at at the very bare minimum is going to provide. And it's it's great to see that D.C. is actually able to now convince these kids to sign contracts because I don't think they could get these types of players um, today without having that USL team. Um, I could be wrong, but I, that that certainly seems like we've seen an uptick um, in these signings, which is a good thing. It seems like we've lost uh, Antonio Bustamante. I believe he's been playing for a club team. He just joined the U23s for Bolivia. So that's another player who was signed as a homegrown um, last year. Got one season at Loudoun. Had a lot of injuries. Uh, didn't really probably come through the way that they wanted. He played in the, all, all of the D.C. United friendlies against international competition. 
So it's it's a they should have the room to carry guys like that, and they must. And and a lot of the players they're bringing on who have signed contracts are academy players, and that's the whole point. But there's also some like USL like veterans that they mm-hmm. I think for most are roster filler, right? They I, we lost four, three or four of them to the new the new New England uh, Revolution two side in USL one. Um, <laughs> so like I think a lot of those players are just. Here to here to here today and gone tomorrow unless they had a DC United DC United tie-in originally. Yeah, I mean a lot of those guys are also going to be kind of on one-year contracts. Um, Gordon Wilde, I think his he's pretty much he's off to Europe. I think I think he's he's pretty much done. So that, that's a and shame. he should and he yeah. should because he wasn't going to get a look at DC and he was lighting up USL. So might as well go to Europe and see what you can do. Exactly. Um, by the way, green cards also arrived for Junior Junior Moreno and Lucy Segura, so they will no longer count against DC United's international limit. Uh, that's very very good. Uh, still, like wondering, like how how much longer could it really take Kamara to get his green card? He had a green card at one point, and then he went to China and gave it up. So I'm I'm very curious to see when he gets his green card because I feel like that should be something that he should be able to get back pretty quickly. But and I was under the impression we had a preference for Norwegian immigrants, so it should be a real it should be a slam dunk. <laughs> well, he did go to China, and I think China did kind of complicate. That may have put the stink on the Norwegian passport. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, also, there's so there's also um, is it Gaston Silva from Independiente? I think Stephen Goff has kind of put some cold water on this move. Uh, but reports from Argentina saying DCN has made a formal offer to him. Uh, left back. Uh, apparently, he's also getting some interest from Europe. It'd be a major, major move. Uh, I'm going to kind of, you know, take that with a grain of salt because Stephen Goff is apparently saying uh, he has no knowledge of this. So um, when Stephen Goff says, uh, I don't think so, I don't think that's true, then usually you believe him. Um, and now we get into the wonders of the Super Draft, right, John? The the amazing, yeah. completely. Did you watch? Uh, I got to ask first. Not you, a second. You Not didn't a watch single a second. second. You didn't take in. So there. Okay, so let's. Let me be clear. I watched Super Draft, and I feel like it, this was sort of a new thing they were trying. I think it had some pluses and minuses. I think, you know, they had the – so both teams – two teams did two different things. So uh, Miami drafted their player, and they did, like, an awkward Skype conversation <laughs> with the guy at the house who who looked – I don't know if you get a chance to watch it because it's great. There's, like, feedback in the Skype, and there's, like, David Beckham, and the guy looks like – like he's talking to David Beckham. I don't know if he's nervous or not, but he looks very like nonplussed about the whole thing. It's a very, very awkward conversation. Uh, and then Nashville got it right. Nashville invited um, what I assume is most of their season ticket base onto a bus uh, and went to the player's house to when they drafted him. And that was kind of cool. Okay, that that was a good thing. Um, overall, the the I think the not having sort of the central, you know, the pick is in. Someone goes up and announces the pick. Kind of the the draft didn't feel like the draft. Um, it didn't feel. It looked like it felt like a. They would talk about other players or other um, or other signings that were happening in the league. And then oh yeah, here's this player who you know. You could definitely tell uh, Matt Doyle and uh, I don't know. How, I, I mean, I trust Matt Doyle to do his research, but it was very much like oh yeah, this is a this is a good player. He's a good player. Look at his tech, look at some of these video we have of him. Um, Check out the sizzle reel. Yeah, check out the sizzle reel. Exactly. Um, so, all which in all, we do, you know, which is our player scouting, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> that's how we do it. Yeah, exactly. Check out the sizzle reel. Which you, you can gather some things. You can gather sure. about how a player plays, certainly. Sure. Um, but uh, it, basically, it was it was fine. I, I thought it was it was good. It, it was at least somewhat entertaining, which is you know, kind of what you wanted. Um, the draft's not going away, folks. Um, I think we'll talk about it a little bit, maybe. I think it needs to go back down to two rounds, and I'll get into why in a little bit. Uh, but 
I, I think overall was fine. Um, it was clear like they, there was a lot of hold up in the first round because the first round took like two hours, and then they like said, "All right, we're done." And then the second round came, and the second round took like thirty minutes. So it was very clearly like, "Who do you want?" Okay, this guy. All right, good. All right, who do you want? This guy. All right. So um, it was very funny to watch uh, Thierry Henry do the draft. Turtle there neck. was there was Turtle a trade that what's that? Turtleneck Thierry Henry. Turtleneck Thierry Henry. There was a trade that was supposedly happening for Minnesota, and then they like called it off. And, like, the clock ran out, so I'm not sure how, like, Minnesota didn't lose the pick. Uh, who knows? Maybe they went ahead and quickly selected somebody. Anyway, that was kind of a funny moment uh, in the draft. So it definitely lacked that. You know, it, it seems to me like trades are going to be more difficult because in the Super Draft, when you had the conference room, you would see coaches. If you've ever been to it, you would see coaches walking to the tables, you know, making trades. They had little phones they would give. They would call and you know, there was a lot of that sort of action going on. So it's probably really easy to get trades done. There's also people talked about the fact that the bar uh, at the last day of the combine uh, was always a place where like deals were getting done. Um, so I'd like to see MLS try to replicate something like that. Um, you know, I, I kind of do miss that sort of, you know, maybe winter meetings like baseball does something like that. Um, but uh, overall, I mean, it was it was a fine. Pro- I thought it was an OK production. Um, I think, you know, if they do it next year, I won't be upset. Um, I'll still watch it because I'm a hopeless nerd um, who has nothing better to do during his lunch break uh, at work. So, you know, I'll still watch it. Uh, DC United uh, took the tallest goalie, the the tallest goalie, Peter Crouch of goalies, Simon Lefebvre, (laughs) uh, the number one, number 21 choice. He's apparently French and apparently he would have been a higher pick, but he takes up an international spot. So that's why a lot of teams didn't go at him. So. You know, a lot of people made a big deal about this. Um, guy, with where we drafted, which should we talk about like what we gave up to get the 21st pick as well? Sure. Gave up like the allocation order, and then we have a 50K in incentives. I'd be very curious to see what those incentives are. Like, what, what triggers those incentives? Is probably it not. What's probably that? not a lot. If, if like, uh, if, if he can fit on the bus, like if Simon can, <laughs> can fit in the bus comfortably, we have to pay them $50,000. I, I would, I would. I wonder if when they made that pick, Philly was like, well, we're not going to see that 50K. There's because <laughs> right. they've already got three keepers on their roster. So it seems to me they made this pick. They didn't tell Philly who they were taking. And Philly, Philly also, you know, traded out of the draft. And the uh, GM has, you know, it also, I, I would also not surprise me, not surprise me one bit if MLS was like, look, we need to make a trade. You need to do something. We cannot have you passing in the first round. So here, make this trade. DC wants somebody. Um, pick one of your supporters. Like pick someone's kid <laughs> for like a like an honorary contract. So if I'm Earl Edwards, I'm like, man, you know, am I still am I going to play? Like he he only played like maybe I don't have the numbers in front of me. Maybe, maybe like eight or nine starts yeah. last. Maybe that's even maybe six or seven. And uh, Colin Miller is the only other goalie on the roster for Loudon. Uh, and then and now we're going to have this guy. Uh, so I'm wondering how they're going to split the duties. There are a lot of games in the USL season and there are seemingly like we talked about just like random shifts of new players, new rafts of players that come in mid season. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but sh- uh, who cares? Right. It's a, it's a, it's a no cost goalie from very tall goalie from temple. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. It costs us almost nothing. And we, and we move right along. Yeah. And then we have um, Josh uh, Fallow from uh, Lo, Lo- Loyola, I tried to say that right. I can never say that right. I'm sorry. I'm not from Maryland, um, but uh, he came uh, from a college in Maryland. I think kind of like a, like you're in your backyard type pick is what it seems like. It's like, yeah, he's in our backyard. You know, it did, probably didn't cost him much to go to. They probably went to a couple games. Said, yeah, we like this guy. Let's 
Let's bring him in. Why not? He's available. I heard the NWSL teams do that because then they can these players can like still live at home and they count as like a basically an extra player on their roster that they don't have to give either <laughs> much of a contract to or housing stipend to. I was like, well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's said said that's a little interesting. Uh, the fact that he's still, I guess, he's still in college. I don't know if he lives, still lives in the area or not, but um, that would be. Well, if he's making what you make as a first-year player uh, uh, he, playing USL, he'll be living at home. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and then there's um, Andrew Verde from today's uh, draft, the third and fourth rounds. DC United passed on all the rest of their picks. I was going to, like, prepare to, like, look at, like, what DC no. traded to, like, draft. Don't. <laughs> like, so let's talk about this. So, I mean, should MLS – I mean, it was 25, I, I, and I think there were some issues with the – so my, my statements might be right, but there was pretty much – a whole bunch of, of passes in that third and fourth round. And even Charlie Bone had kind of a comment. He's like, well, the, the team that won the MLS Cup and the Supporters Shield winner all used up their picks. So it's kind of like you got the two like most successful teams last season all use, all using their picks. Um, so, I, But I guess the question is, you know, if you're having almost half of the final parts of the draft all being passes, and I don't know, maybe there's a rule, like if you pass on your next pick, that's it, you're done, you know, you – Automatic. What's that? That is correct. That is correct. So, but, but, you know, teams basically, re, when they reach that after that third round, DC's like, we, you know, there's no one else we want. That's it. Um, so the question becomes, you know, should MLS even keep doing the third and fourth rounds of the draft? What purpose is it really serving? You know, and if anything, it also hurts, in my opinion, it hurts a lot of these players that are drafted late because there's a very, very small chance that like almost minuscule chance they get a contract. If they do get a contract, it's going to be a USL contract, but there's certainly no guarantee of that. If I got drafted, even if I got drafted, like if I drafted fourth round, I'm still calling some USL teams and be like, you know, do you really want me, you know, going to league one? I mean, I'm looking at where I can play, you know, but at the same token, I'm like, well, I have a chance to go to an MLS side. You know, they felt the need to select me for whatever that for whatever that's worth. I'm going to go there. They spend, you know, two weeks in training. Oh, sorry. Now nah, we're not interested. You know, having to say I think it really hurts the players. So I'm almost like, you know, just get rid of the second round. All the second, all the third and fourth round picks appear to be are just like we need this player off our contract here. Take a fourth round pick and take most of his salary and, you know, or we'll take a fourth round pick and you'll take most of his salary. That's what it seems to be. I know Bobby Basel was traded for that, and literally there was no – DC had no intentions of using that pick. It's just we need this guy off our salary. We need this trade to go through, you know, to get approved by Don Garber. So it looks like we're getting something. So I don't know. I just think the whole, you know, come up with some other mechanism to 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 figure out a way to get those players off your contract because that's really what it is. It's only just to get guys off their – you look at the list, it's going to be one guy that they wanted to get rid of his contract, so that's what they got in return was the fourth-round pick, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think you what you can do is say that those are not tradable assets. I think they're. I think it's fine to have the, have the rounds, and I think for those players that late are – I think they're. I think they would still be hurting for USL invites um, at that point, if that if that's where they're at in the draft. So I think that at least gives them some gives them a chance to have someone take a look at them, and maybe they get on a, a USL roster and they wash out, which is usually the case for these late round college players. Um, but then at least they had something on their soccer resume to go somewhere else. So I think for I think for those folks, it's fine for the player. I think it makes less sense for the team. I would pick someone in every spot because you don't have to offer anyone anything. Um, it's just basically saying I would have these guys in the camp. They had open tryouts at Loudon. So you're not telling me that you can identify a college player better than 
mean, they just get to go to the tryouts. That's all it is. It's an opportunity to have make up the bodies, pick the names you want. So I, I think that they should be more active in those rounds and let, let it get sorted out after the fact. But, I mean, also on the flip side, if I'm a USL team, that's who I'm scouting. I'm scouting college. If I'm looking at guys for their next – I'm scouting college-age guys. You know, I'm So scouting. why isn't Ryan Martin giving them a list of names that they should be looking at? In the late rounds, saying, "How about these guys?" Maybe there, maybe there wasn't. I mean, I mean, Loudon's also not starting from from zero, and I think there's prob they probably have a little more resources they can scout a little bit. I, I don't know. I, 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 I see your point. I see what you're saying. I just think at this point, why not just have these guys be free agents? They can pick whichever team they can go to to travel. There's a lot of people are saying like the USL team should be involved in the super draft that ain't happening. Let me tell you folks that is, yeah, make them all free agents. I think that's fine. I think if you're going to do that, if you're going to, if that's the route, that's the one that makes sense. Rather than messing with how many rounds or, or just let every player go where they want to go. It's the last time based, based on the current CBA, it's the last time they'll get to say where they want to go for the next eight years. So they might as well, they might as well do it. Yeah. And and I just think the whole event can be, I mean, I I know you can't predict when a player is going to sign, but you know how, like, you know, college has National Signing Day and stuff like that. Maybe you have an event where MLS teams get to introduce their, you know, homegrown signings or their academy signings. You know, people get to talk about them, you know, and fans get to see, you know, who these guys are and hear a little analysis on what they can be. I, I think there are plenty of ways you can sort of keep the draft and also make it a little different. I, I know Red Bulls, for instance, I think they didn't have any picks but they brought all their academy signings to the draft and they could meet the 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 fans that were there and I thought that was that was kind of cool. That happened one time at the draft. I, I I certainly remember that. So um I question is do we think any of these guys are going no. to <laughs> Do you think they even make the Loudon roster? No. You don't. You don't think anybody's going to make any wow. The goalie will. The goalie probably will. Yeah, the first one. Simon will definitely probably make the roster. Yeah, because they got rid of they got rid of who was there? Who was their goalie most of last year? The guy that was uh, the sort of the, the USL veteran. Uh, um, he started most of the games. He was pretty good. Um, I think he's not, he's already found another another place. Or my the name escapes me. Bald guy. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I yeah. really can't. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Colin, Colin Miller is the other goalie, and I remember him because he uh, follows me on Instagram and likes a lot of my posts. So Colin Miller has got a fan in me because he's a fan of, of me. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody else does, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would be very, very surprised. But maybe you know, and and you know, maybe in a certain sense, being selected by an MLS team, maybe a USL team's like, ooh, who's that guy? We need a. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that gives them anything on their soccer resume. Fair. Even if, like you can dine out on that in like you know men's rec leagues for the rest of your for the rest of your young adulthood. Be like, Fair. hey, uh, I was drafted by a major league soccer team, so <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what your deal was. All right. Is there anything else DMV related? I think we pretty much uh, we've got some questions here, and also we want to talk about maybe uh, the uh, the the changes to the stadium. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So definitely. Uh, safe standing has begun. Yes. Uh, they they the, it is on it is on tra- on schedule and on track to be done and finished by um, the opening of uh, the season, which is the end of February. Uh, there's also plans to build a restaurant on the east side stand where all the fences were, which is fantastic because that side looks very stupid. Uh, and there weren't a lot of food options if if so, if you were on that side. Uh, that is the area that they're talking about putting the sports book, but it'll also be a restaurant. The Hall of Tradition will also be on that side. All the things that it seems like the stuff that we've asked for is now coming in. So that you got to be happy about that. Except yeah, for the roof. Except for the roof. And, and that's... Uh... 
yeah, you know, that's uh, we we we've talked enough about the the lack of a roof, but um, I think the safe standing is really cool. I think that's something that really should have been in the stadium in the beginning, and I think it's kind of. I get DC was like getting a lot of money from the city, but I'm glad they were able to say, tell the city, look, we need to do this. Like, you know, I I think, do you want to have somebody fall down the stands and get seriously hurt? And that be a leading story about how DC, you approve this. Let's get, let's, let's get the, let's get the safe standing done. So have you seen anything about the uh, fight that happened outside of the game? I think it was against, was against Seattle. Yeah, uh, I, I I haven't heard much about that. I've not heard a thing. Let, uh, listeners, if you if you know anything about that, I'd be curious to know if there's a, particularly within the supporters groups, uh, if there's any sort of information about that. I'd be, I'd be interested. Yeah, um, I, I I was at that game too, and I, I I didn't. I think we walked right back to the to the metro, so I don't think we really got involved in any of that, or we we didn't go. I didn't go back to where it was. I think I asked uh, one of my friends who goes by, and he said I I didn't hear anything honestly. So. Um, I'm hopeful that doesn't repeat itself um, in any. Unlikely. Any, what's that? I said it will unlikely repeat itself. I think that was a. I think that was a one-off. Yeah, I, th- I, I would. I would definitely agree with that. So, um, you want to go through these questions? Yep. Let's go to the questions. All right. Lando Man Smash said, "What are the odds that they treat the League's Cup as a throwaway competition unless they bring in a lot more players? I feel like fatigue is going to be a massive problem." Do you remember Superliga? I do remember Superliga. Yes, absolutely. So Superliga, if I remember correctly we actually did start a decent lineup for almost nobody for just like me and 30 of my closest friends in the supporters groups uh, <laughs> watching the game in a very empty RFK against like Chivas, like really like big time rosters that were just like, I don't know. No one cares. Now CONCACAF champions league. On the other hand, that is when we send in the clowns historically, uh, even at home. So I think league's cup will be like that. I think we will, I think we will, uh, definitely put a, a better roster on the field for the open cup um, after the first round, if we make it that far, even though as of late, we don't um, I think, I think they're probably not going to make a real hardcore effort on league's cup. I wish they would. I like all the, uh, you know, particularly now that Ted and I are spending a little bit more time watching league of MX, it would be cool if they, you know, tried a little bit just to see like a, for a good measuring stick, a measuring point. Uh, but I would bet we don't go, uh, we don't go too hardcore. On I'll have to go look and see if like what gaps in their schedule. Cause it, cause that's, that was my biggest complaint about it last year was that it was like, it, there were no, it, it w- there was no plan in place at the beginning of the season when the schedule came out. Yeah. So, you know, if you have two league games Saturday and Sunday, and then you got your league's cup game on Wednesday, you're, you're, and you're in the middle of a playoff hunt and that's your, your big ultimate prize. There's no way you're playing a top lineup. You're going to throw out whoever, you know, you know, if you if you if you get lucky, now some teams did seem to try a little bit, um, right. but you know, I you know my my thing about the leagues cup, and this is this is where I get into it is I, I really wish MLS, I, I wish MLS and League MX would throw Concacaf to the curb and say, look, you guys are not backing this tournament at all. You are not putting the money in to make this a bigger deal, other than just the fact that it's on Yahoo Sports, and you guys aren't trying. We 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 threw together a tournament in a summer or a winter with an agreement, and we already had an ESPN contract on the table, boom, done, signed. Um, I wish they would, I really wish League of Mex and, and they would say, you know what, we're done with CONCACAF. We're going to do this League's Cup thing. We're going to start inviting, you know, it's going to be MLS and League of Mex, so Canadian teams are going to be involved. Uh, you know, I've heard there's talk even with the, the, the Mexican Federation wants to create a tournament between South America and North America. So I've heard, I've heard discussions about that. So uh, that would be something that would be really interesting. Um, my biggest thing about this League's Cup is I want to make sure that there is a 
at least a it's not a back-to-back thing where it's like league game leagues cup and then another league game there's you know maybe a league game then leagues cup then they get a break the next weekend or vice versa however you want to do it that would be the only thing i really would want to see is take if if you're going to take this seriously then you need to schedule it like it's a serious tournament you don't need to just throw it in there as a way to to get the money from the mx and i think a large reason why the super liga you talk about you know going to rfk with like five of your friends I think the biggest thing you have to understand is now Liga MX is much, much bigger and much more popular. Uh, It's been a very quick growth for that league. Uh, The league was still very popular in Mexico, still got coverage, uh, but I don't think it's near the popularity it is today. It it has skyrocketed um, in in recent years uh, as far as popularity goes. So I think that also makes a huge difference as well. I, I here is where I stand up for CONCACAF Champions League because I love it because I like seeing Saprisa. I like seeing uh, Olympia. I like seeing Joe public. I like, I like those games. I granted they've, it's not been backed. Like no one else cares. Like it is a niche concern, even among MLS fans, even among MLS coaches, certainly as far as the media goes, not, not a high, not a big uh, area of concern, but I, I like it a lot. And I think the more international play, the better. Um, I would say let's do less league games and more <laughs> international games. That's just, I find that more interesting. Um, as an overall concern, but either way, uh, I think Leeds Cup is going to be a, a pretty chill affair. Well, and, and the reason MLS cares about it, and the reason they're you know they're letting their best teams go in it, and then the Leeds Cup is for you know the next best teams, us, yeah, <laughs> us, <laughs> so to speak, um, is because the idea of if if an MLS team actually does this, actually wins the Concacaf Champions League, they get to go to the Club World Cup, and you get to you know play against Real Madrid or. You know, live like watching. Imagine watching LAFC play Liverpool in a game that matters, or, or something like that. So, I mean that that is that is probably a big reason why. Uh, but even the Club World Cup is changing. You know, there it's becoming a different. It's going to become a different type of tournament, a more expanded tournament. So um, that's going to be uh, something uh, very very interesting to watch uh, when when that sort of comes to fruition because it's it's happening, folks, uh, for sure. Um, Callie Brown was the goalie I couldn't think of, by the way. Callie Brown, okay. Callie Brown. I got I got another question here <laughs> from JTDC. Can you talk about some of the lackluster graphic design work plag- plaguing MLS right now, specifically the Chicago Fire rebrand and the lackluster design of the new Adidas uniforms for some teams? We talked about the logo, but do we want to talk about the template jerseys that are rumored to be uh, on the cards for deep for? most of MLS this year. We can talk about that because I think that's, you know, it's it certainly DC felt the effects with the, the all white jerseys last year that every other team had a, what's that? The Haynes tees. Yeah. The Haynes tees. It's, 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 I hate it. I hate it too. I hate it just like you all. I think it'd be really nice if these jerseys has, and it looks like that's what the, like what's frustrating is that the, that's the path Adidas was going. They're, the away jersey they had, like the red one that like had the stripes along the side, uh, that one was, I thought, a really cool design. I thought it worked really well. Uh, the one they had, the sort of like uh, gray like swoop didn't quite work for me, but, you know, at least it was something unique. Um, you know, DC's jersey, home jersey, it, it always should be black. I'm not really – I think it's going to be a fine, okay-looking jersey. Um, I kind of like the uh, acknowledgement of history. Oh, by the way. Uh, how much money are we spending on the uh, the Mitchell and Ness throwbacks that they're doing? So much money, Ted. <laughs> so much, Ted. Clear- you and I both need secret credit cards that our wives do not are not aware of. Exactly for, for this enterprise. I, I saw they actually have like the Galaxy throwback jersey, which looks really cool. Um, so I'm yeah, super- I might be I might become like other teams jersey guy. Like that. These are so <laughs> these are so cool. Yes. Yes. But 
so you so you you're not you don't have a problem with the like over the shoulder sash red stripe three red stripes over the shoulder it's not a problem for you that's that's not a big deal i wish the jerseys themselves would look unique um I guess DC's like I like DC's sort of black and the sort of classic look. I don't think they should mess with that, so I don't really get upset about DC's jersey when I see it. I'm like, it's solid black. That's cool. They should leave it that way. Um, I I can see the other teams though. Like I think Nashville's is just like a yellow T-shirt with blue stripes and then the logo. So I mean that's lame, kind of boring. I wish maybe you'd be a little bit more unique with that. Um, just more like teams having it, but again, maybe it's the fault of the teams, you know, Nashville, you know, isn't coming out and saying we want, you know, to have this unique design, you know, we don't want to have like yellow and, and blue, you know, downward stripes, you know, at least Atlanta United, when they came out, they said, we're going to be the five stripes, you know, we're going to build this Jersey the way it should be, you know, and of course teams like New York, New England FC, uh, New York, sorry, New York FC kind of just said, we're going to be Manchester United is basically what they said. So, <laughs> so yeah um yeah i would love to have somebody on the team somebody from the team side that can come i've read articles about what the process looks like and how much latitude and decision making they have on it i know that uh in the past the the front office has been involved like it wasn't just somebody in the merch department or, or something it was you know levels of the team making decisions i would love to get a thought process on how these templatized jerseys work and how much latitude and how much money it costs for it. If a team wants to break away and try something different, what does it cost them? Like, if, I think that there's a they get a break on their jerseys if they buy this templatized stuff because then it's easy for Adidas to to recreate. I think it looks like a training jersey. I'm not. I am not impressed. I will not buy one this year. Um, if you look at my closet, you'll know that that is potentially an empty threat. <laughs> but also, uh, and also, it actually says something. If I think that this jersey is well, is, is butt ugly, and well, I won't buy it. Well, they're coming out with the classic stuff, so I mean, that's like gonna, I'll buy that. that that'll that's that'll be where I spend my money. But can we also talk with the classic stuff? I just do want to say, and I know this is a DC podcast. I know we don't like the the New York Red Bulls, we but don't. shame on shame on Red Bull and shame on MLS for not having any Metro Stars like legacy gear. They they are not listed in the sort of legacy gear. Um, the since '96, uh, that is absolutely uh, atrocious, in my opinion. Um, I, I get, you know, Red Bull is very protective of their branding. They're very much all about their brand, but very, very shameful. I feel really bad for a lot of those fans who have been fans of the Metro stars since the beginning. Uh, you Mark Fishkin, friend of the show. Um, I stand in solidarity with those people to say that is BS and they need to fix that. Um, I, I, I would never buy any classic Metro stars gear, but it'd be a cool thing to see. Um, the taxi logo, especially bring like do the taxi logo or something like that. So, um, um also, speaking of Bill Hamid back on Twitter, he had his. He also aired his thoughts about these jerseys, not necessarily the ones that we're talking about, but potentially looking at uh, some fan mock-ups. The fan mock-ups are always better. That's just the way. That's the nature of the game. You get the freedom to do what you want. Yeah, You're right. Exactly. I, I, no I just wish. I just wish. You know, like you look at like the the cherry blossom jersey that DC had. That DC was proposed last year. Like I think they maybe looked at it and they said, "Oh, you know, do we want to do we want to go like that? Do we want to do something like that?" And then they're like, "Well, you know, they didn't really like the last." So they probably just said, "Oh, we'll just do the classic jersey." It would have been awesome if they, you know, you pull in some, you know, make them sign an NDA and say, "Here's what we're thinking with the jersey. What do you think?" And then they would have had a bunch of people say, "Do the cherry blossom jersey. Do that right now." Like it's those types of things. Like maybe if they had actually thrown this in front of a. Um, in front of like, you know, a, a group of fans, they would have, you know, you'll get better results because you're actually listening to your fans. They did it with the logo, for instance. A lot of, a lot of longtime fans saw the new DC United logo, 
um, and gave it the seal of approval. And that's why the DC United logo, I think, was an improvement over the over the old logo um, in a lot of ways. So I, I just I don't understand why they don't. There's not a lot of listening, I guess, that goes on with the fans. And I think that needs to that would change a lot of this if they actually said, we're thinking about this or this or this. What do you think? You know, I think the problem is that the fans will most of the fans, except for me, who has made a, a bold and Oliver Hunter heroic stand that he won't buy this jersey. I think they know most of the people that care most about what these jerseys look like are still going to buy them <laughs> every year anyway. Most Fair. most of the time. Based I, on I, everyone else's closet, too. I need a player. I, I was inspired in 2018 to buy an Acosta jersey just because of how he was playing. So I, like, buy my jerseys, like, based on, like, inspiration on, like, who I think is playing. So, like, I'm going to be watching Flores. If Flores inspires me, if he starts playing really well, I will be inspired to drop the money on a jersey. That's kind of how I That's kind of how I roll with that. So I might get a Loudon jersey this year instead. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, Loudon, uh, you, you know that thing you sent to, uh, to, to Pablo? Maybe, maybe you know? I, 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 we'll send you our addresses and, and you can, you know, do with that as you please. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, that jersey, by the way, would have been super fire if the if the badge was sewn on. Yeah. yeah. My only issue was it was that it was screen printed like the rest of the, the three the, the three stars. Well, it, only only point. I think that they didn't have a lot of latitude on that, but that would have made that jersey completely fire. But oh well. Let, let me tell you about about the uh, the the buying power of the USL. My friend. Sure, no, yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> Uh, I guess the only other thing I want to talk about, I'm not even sure. I don't. I don't think we have the time to get into it. Uh, you're in Klinsman's comments. Uh, let's talk U.S. national team. I want to. I want to. I want to get this off my chest. Uh, I want to get this off my chest. And John doesn't care. John does no, not care. Go crazy, Ted. Go crazy. All I'm gonna say is, besides the fact that his comment about, oh, I could have made the semifinals. <laughs> with uh, the World Cup with the U.S. men's national team um, is so farcical and so unbelievably wrong. Um, it is it, it is it, people have been people were comparing it to the uh, the was it the Napoleon Dynamite scene with Uncle Rico or something. I could have like we would have won state championship. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. Uh, that That's very much what it feels like. Th- there are people out there that talk about like, oh, man, we should have never fired Jurgen Klinsmann. They absolutely should have fired Jurgen Klinsmann. If you had a company and you had a CEO, you takes control of a company doing okay, not great, uh, and he says, "Oh, I have these great bold ideas. I'm going to do. You know, we have these new ideas. We're going to take this, you know, in new directions." He does none of that, and then things go completely south. He's then fired because the company is, you know, near bankruptcy. Someone else takes over. They try their best. You know, they're an actual competent coach. Uh, there's some successes, but the company still goes into bankruptcy. You don't go like, wow, we should have had that to that CEO we had who completely ran us in the rut. I'm not going to sit here and say that Jurgen Klinsmann is entirely responsible for what happened with the U.S. soccer and the position they're in. There's a lot of different reasons for that. He certainly plays a role. He was not just the coach of this team. He was the technical director. He was the technical director in charge when the team was missing uh, U-20 World Cup finals like every time they got a chance to. Or missing the Olympics, or not, or players, the lost generation. He was in charge during the lost generation that we all talk about, where the gap was just huge between between the between the the between the older players that were contributing and the younger players. That gap from like twenty four to twenty six, twenty seven was non existent on the national team, and it's what led to a lot of problems uh, later on. So, Jurgen uh, Klinsmann is a is is a a snake oil snake oil salesman he talked all about how he was going to change the u.s men's national team and everybody even everybody wants to talk about like oh well he expanded the player pool 
how many of those players he actually brought in are now with the national team now? How many of those guys are what we consider even future or current stars of the national team? Maybe John Brooks? That's about it. So I, I just, I, Jurgen Klinsmann rubs me the wrong way. He he has caused me to to fall out of love with the U.S. men's national team in a lot of ways. And and, and some of the players who sort of have been the scapegoats for his incompetencies, um, players like Michael Bradley, players like Josie Altador, just, it, it just, it, it infuriates me because they're getting they're getting the stick from a lot of fans about how they're not good players and I'm like no these are good players they have just been coached horribly for 10 years so what are you going to do um that's all I got to say about that uh Jurgen please never never ever come back to the United States ever again um I hope whatever team you're coaching in Germany gets relegated I can't even remember who's coaching I hope I hope you get I hope you get relegated Hurt and you are Berlin. exposed for the what's that Hurt to Berlin. Hurt to Berlin. I hope Hurt to Berlin get relegated. I really do. I, I really, I really do not. I want nothing but sadness and failure for Jurgen Klinsmann. I am, I am a full on Jurgen hater. So that's all I gotta say. And I stay not caring on that particular. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. So that's our pod, folks. That, that's it. That's it. Uh, Patreon.com slash refugees if you want to donate to the show. Twitter.com slash refugees. Facebook.com search the RFQ Refugees podcast. Patreon turning back on, folks. We're giving you that content now. Yep, we're giving that content. We got we got the, we got the two shows a week, so we we get the content back on. So, um, but yes, feel free to donate the show. Um, we will be a lot of y'all been some of y'all have been pining for the live shows. Uh, we we will bring them back. I think we're going to keep this going. We get close to the season. We'll we'll probably do, and certainly once we get like probably before the first game, we'll we'll look to do something live as kind of a big preview show. So um, stick around for that. Thank you all so much for listening, and uh, we will catch you all maybe next week. We'll see. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.